Welcome to Indie Live Radio, a Friday morning show, and um, this is an interview that we recorded a few days back with our guest, uh, Andy Anderson. Um, thanks for coming on the show, Andy. It's really good to have you. No problem. That's all right. And of course, I'm here with Val Gold as per normal on a Friday morning. So another Andy Anderson then, because... You know, there is another Andy Anderson that we've, we've interviewed before. Have you come across him? He, he's a spoke, He's written books about currency. You pro- but hopefully it won't get too uh, confused. People won't get too confused, actually, with uh, with hearing that there's, there's two. I'm sure there's lots of Andy Andersons in Scotland anyway. Yeah. So I first... Uh, had a bit of contact you a bit uh, very informally it was a while back now it was it was in Perth when there was a group of uh, yes activists in Perth who were um, looking into setting up uh, another pensioners for indie group one based in Perth and and if I'm remembering correctly you you gave a presentation at that is that right I did yes yeah, yeah. That was when we could have actual meetings and travel up to Perth. And so since then, um, so you're up, you're in Perthshire, Perth City, and um, I know you're active in the Yes Perth City group. But you've been producing videos uh, in support of independence. Um, so could you just tell us a wee bit about uh, how that came about? Well, what what actually started it was basically I've been collecting information since 2013. Obviously, it gets out of date as time goes on. And when I joined Yes Perth City, along at their first meeting, I did it in 2017. It seemed to me that the little group was quite well organised with lots of leaflets and sales flyers and for the stall on the high street and so on. But if somebody asked you, that you know, or had a go at you. That's actually you know, what about the information behind that? And yeah. you know, and basically that doesn't exist. Although people like myself and others have actually been trying to do it on the internet for some time. So it was actually it was actually that late seventeen that I sat down, looked at what I had, brought it up to date, and I'm guessing it was early February or something. Uh, 18 when I showed a draft to my Yes Per City steering group uh, it's been tweaked and adjusted yeah. and initially it was too long because I had a little bit on uh, other non-economic issues just uh, like payroll that type of stuff but it, it was too much in one thing for people to concentrate people kept telling me that that's too long people can't concentrate more than 15 minutes and <laughs> I seem to remember school lessons being a wee bit longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> and TV programmes are yeah. just a wee bit longer than that. <laughs> but anyway, that, so I actually started putting it together and it's been adjusted as, I've, as I was doing initially PowerPoint presentations. It, it got changed and changed based on feedback. And also you, you learn new facts as time goes on. 
and it was trying to put it together in a way that would flow. And the economy one, obviously, you have to put fact in it. And the purpose of the economy one was really to answer the annual have a go at the fact that Scotland's bankrupt in the public sector. Yeah. You know, the public spending. And it's a boring subject and to try and tell that bit in five or six minutes is quite hard. You've no idea how often I redid it. And uh, <laughs> so that, that's really how the economy one done um, as a PowerPoint presentation. And it was starting to get um, rolled out, uh, my presentation PowerPoint, around village halls and things like that, mm. trying to get people who weren't yesers to come to the meetings. Of course, I just got going when March last year hit us. Yeah. And and then I got frustrated because, I, you know, we couldn't do anything really. Um, so I decided to make the, the presentations three times while I was doing the PowerPoint presentations, different groups said, oh, we can turn that into a video for you. I'm still waiting. So <laughs> I, I, I had to go and did it myself. Um, there's nothing complicated about using YouTube. It's just, if you haven't done it before, it takes yeah. a little bit of time to learn the rules. And yeah, yeah. Like the embed thing and all this so that you can put it into other sites. So, um, so I actually made a list of five videos one still to go um, to start with the logical to answer the main questions that came out in 14 and afterwards um, the latest one the borders it was interesting my wife noticed today in a um, the independent newspaper that apparently um, Scotland could never go independent because of Brexit and the chaos it would be on the border <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's it's a new it's one of the new scare stories that'll emerge, isn't it? The border one. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So I could have put more into the border one, for instance, but you just have to do the basic facts and not supposition too much. So um, the national yeah. an article recently about you, Andy, about your videos, I believe. No, the pension one. It was a full page in the national. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was good. That got lots of viewers and criticism. <laughs> I was actually trolled by a, a well-known unionist person as well. So that's probably a mark of fame when you start to get trolled, Andy. <laughs> it was actually done in a very subtle way. Email. It wasn't uh, aggressive or nothing. It was very subtle. Um, so I thought about it and replied the next day and just as subtly and nicely told them to go away. So that was <laughs> Is it. That, that's how you handled it. <laughs> yeah. I've also blocked his email address. So he, he actually emailed you? Yes. He didn't like post negative comments on the yeah. YouTube channel? No. Well, I've actually blocked comments. Oh, right. Okay. For that reason. Yeah. You can tell me you like it in this, but that's it. I I certainly, yeah, I've, 
I've watched a few of them, and I, I must admit, I know you're saying that people about people concentrating, but I do notice that because I'm online so much, I do think it does affect your concentration. Because I must admit, I enjoyed the one that was only 15 minutes better than the longer one. Right. Yeah. But I, but we're both very good. I've I've only seen two so far: the pensions one, which I thought was fantastic, and also the one about independence. But yeah, I'm going to watch your other one. That can only ever be a personal view, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I'm going to see the 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 one about borders next. I think that's really pertinent, isn't it? Yeah. So when when you said that that national um, article, um, I I I didn't see the article itself, but I did see it being mentioned in quite a lot of Facebook, um, you know, yes, supporting groups of. Of course, there's so many of them on Facebook, but I saw it appearing quite a lot, and thought, "Oh, that's um, you know, that's well, uh, that's Andy there." So, as it, as it got, I mean, as it, as it become thousands of um, people watching the videos, or twenty-four hours, as a thousand people had seen the pensions one, yeah, and of good. course, over time, it mentioned that two other videos, so people start to look at those. As I say, we were we were um, interviewing another guest earlier this afternoon, and one of the things we got on to talking about was just um, well, it was something you've raised, Val, wasn't it? About how you know often in the in the yes movement, we we can kind of end up in a bubble, especially on Facebook and social media, but maybe even you know in in other ways as well. I mean, I know very very few people who are still convinced about staying in the union but obviously <laughs> there's a lot more than that proportionately in the population so um yeah so we were just talking about you know ways in which we can maybe get ourselves out of those sorts of bubbles and um i mean it did strike me that uh you know what you're doing putting it on um youtube and making you know and then it's all shareable yeah. maybe that's one way to you know move it move is. out yeah, it is, but I think people still tend to send it to people they know. Well, on my contacts list, I've got lots of people who I know do support the union, and they get them whether they like them or not, right? I mean, I've got one couple who I've been friendly with for 20 years who are very strong. I mean, the world could die and they still vote for the union, you know? And no matter what you say, it's wrong and they can get information for a more reliable source than the HMRC and Office of National Statistics you know it's called the make up one and well they even even the HMRC make figures up it's statistics but, so it, it's actually hard to get them out I just send it to anybody but I put a nice note in saying if you don't want these again let me know oh. because I have them I have them in a co separate contacts list yeah right. so if somebody says I don't want this again I take them out yeah, and that's the way it goes yeah. but if they don't see anything they get everything <laughs> one of the things I really liked about your videos and they are just the it's very simple you know it, it's it doesn't go into I mean you've got lots of facts and lots of information but it's it's presented in a very cl the clarity of it and and it's simple to understand you know it's not sort of um couched in lots of mumbo jumbo if you like i, I really like the clarity of the message yeah. is that something you were particularly aiming for 
Well, I usually try and I do it the way in in my working life. I can remember it. Um, you, you when you were presenting something, you had to think of the audience, and so you write down the facts as you see them, the points you want to get across on a piece of paper, and then actually just you know put it together and in your head go through it, and then muck about with PowerPoint and tweak it until you get it right. Um, and my wife's a good audit editor. She says, no, 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 you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is hard. I mean, I'm looking, it's early days, I'm looking at currency, and there's so much in that. Um, but the message is actually simple, so it needn't be complicated. So I my issue is going to be with that one, saying yeah. enough to make it believable, but not too much that people fall asleep. I think um, pensions is definitely something that we need clarity of message on because that was really a big stumbling block last time round, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, currency is as well. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. The thing with the currency the last time was one, the SNP people on the television just let it lie. They didn't act, didn't reply. And the media, knowing that George Osborne told a lie, never said anything. Do you think that's something that is maybe a weakness of the, the Yes movement, is the, the rebuttal of the the myths and misinformation? That the, the rebuttal of a lot of the, that misinformation has to be much stronger? It is. In, I mean, very few of us get the chance to go in the media mm -hmm. and they deliberately ignore people that are well known in the yes media, if you like, or the electronic media. Um, so it's really hard. But I do think, and it's getting a little bit better, but I do think the SNP politicians that do get on the television and these shows, they need to, you know, do a little bit of education here of themselves and get the basic facts in their head because it's not helping for them not knowing. Yes, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think... Sorry, Marlene, on you go. Yeah. Well, I, I was just going to agree with you. I mean... I, I do, I do find myself thinking that sometimes as well, sort of watching, yeah, a Scott Gov, you know, a Scott Gov uh, spokesperson or or someone from the Scottish Greens, and um, and I'm sitting thinking, well, why didn't you say, well, why don't you say that, or you, you know, so I'm I'm aware of things that they could have added in, and I mean, it's not, I'm sure they're aware of them, but they don't seem to do it. And I, certainly with the SNP, I think sometimes they just are a bit too polite, actually. Um, yeah. They need to be a bit more uh, robust coming back. Although it is difficult because they also get, you know, the presentator, presenters of the programmes actually will just talk over them. I mean, that happens uh, as well. Yeah. I suppose it is hard to strike a balance. Yeah. On names to get the videos out there, you know, I've... I've I send it to everybody who's listed with an email address on the Indie app site mm -hmm. and and there's other groups that you can do and lists I've made and I've tried three times in the last year to get the SNP anybody in the SNP to actually help, there's 120 odd thousand members that you could put it out there and they could use it when the campaign starts after May hopefully um, and the, the reaction from the SNP is zero they're not even polite enough to reply to my emails, so much so that I've deleted their directories and everything on my computer. Oh. I've given up with them. Yeah. I was at the launch of the, the Believe in Scotland um, 
organisation back in the spring there. So it must have been about February actually because it was before, or March, it was because it was before lockdown because it was held, um, you know, in real life as it were. And one of the things that they said they were going to have was an app with all the facts about different um, aspects of Scotland's economy so that if, you, if people were out canvassing and chatting doors and somebody asked a specific question about a specific topic, they'd be able to access that information on their phone just to just, and give people yeah. the, 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 you know, the sort yeah. of accurate response, which I thought was a great idea. Yeah, yeah it is, isn't it? Yeah. And and maybe, I mean, to be honest, I'm I'm not surprised that you didn't get a response from from the SNP, um, but then there's other maybe there's other avenues. You know, there's the um, you know you mean the new one that's just launched. No, well, let's go with the new one that's launched because there's now Scotland, which you know isn't about yeah. groups; it's about individuals. But um, I'd have thought that would be a valuable sort of bunch of folk to contact um, because yeah. they're going to have to build up resources. I mean, they've got themselves a new website and everything. They're going to have to build up resources. Yeah. Um, but there is another um, there is another group that's about um, putting yes groups in touch with one another. Well, our local um, within Perth there's uh, because of the geography of Perth, there's nine yes groups. So we, in that system you're talking about, we've set up uh, the Perth Independence Network so that we can feed as one, if you like, we talk among ourselves. And then that gets fed into this other network, and I've temporarily forgotten the name as well. Because <laughs> um, I'm not the secretary within the group that deals with it. So, mm-hmm. um, Madeline, are you thinking of the National Yes Network? Yes, that's mm-hmm. right. That's what, that's what it is, yeah. 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 So yeah. maybe it's... Um, you know, in those are sort of wider base, they're not party political, they're wider based and um, I'd have thought that might be more fruitful ground to try and put things through I mean, our the, other, the group that I'm involved with most um, is per, uh, Pensioners for Indy and we try and do that, we try and just make people aware of the, you know, the, the various leaflets that we've that we've produced Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's actually interesting when you're Stand in front of people and speaking to people face to face in a street. I have to find street stalls really interesting, even though I've been called a Nazi. And uh, <laughs> I was called a pervert. <laughs> I've, I've certainly been told you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> it's actually interesting. You just got to be polite with people and walk away. Yeah. But uh, I found it really interesting, and it, that was the driver behind me doing this, is because. You couldn't for those that generally wanted a conversation with you. They actually wanted more, and mm. okay, I could give them business for Scotland website, and I can give them, you know, uh, the ginger dog and things like that. Um, and at one time, I used to give wings over Scotland, but that was it, really, you know. And um, and I, I, I know that uh, you know, uh, there's one, or, there's quite a few people doing things on currency now. Yes, you know out there and some of it is actually quite good so it's just a case of trying to think how you say it and where do you send it 
So how would you envisage a, like, say if I was on a stall, how would you envisage me directing somebody to your YouTube? Do you have cards with the reference, or would I just tell them what to look for on the YouTube? Well, we will. Well, the YouTube videos have only really got done after lockdown. Yeah. So there has been no street stalls. But I'm hoping with everyone getting the jag that sometime later this year, We'll be able to get we, back. We'll be able to yeah. have a, a mask-wearing street stall. <laughs> You'll still be wearing... The drag doesn't stop you wearing the mask because you're not fully protected. Yeah. No. But, uh, you know, um, I'm hoping that that'll be... In, and, and I envisage that as a card, but also having on the cards other sources. Mm-hmm. But it's up to the person to actually go and make the effort. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. If the pensions for independence, like um, our, some of our friends in the movement are very active. I, I, I have, I for the last few years now, I've been doing regular stalls, but the stalls I were was doing were SNP ones. But uh, the pensioners for Indy were for quite a long time did one every week in Argyle Street in Glasgow right in the middle of the shop the shop the pedestrian precinct shopping centre yeah. and they actually they stopped during the lockdown but they started again Marlene didn't they, they, they did. but did them in a very limited way uh, you know they were very careful about how they how they did it but they did start up the stalls again and they were also doing a thing have you heard of the National Banner Library that um, grassroots Open started. No. So the National Banner Library was an idea that they, they would make banners and have a stock of them and yes groups would pay a certain amount of money and for that they would get some of the, I think five banners was it? Yeah. Um, or, or more um, for a month or so and then they would they I'm would just be, writing that down. They would be passed on we can send you the link for that, Andy. Oh, but they would be passed on to another group and then they would get different banners. And the idea was that even during lockdown, these can be displayed in prominent places like maybe somebody's garden fence or or, or on a piece of land. And in the city, eh, the pensioners for independence, what they were doing was just going at certain times and displaying the banners eh, and standing near them to make oh, sure that... I remember that... Do you remember they did a really big one last year in London? Yeah. Uh, Aberdeen yeah. or Inverness or somebody did it. And yeah, things like Aberdeen, that. I think. It was Aberdeen yeah. Independence Movement. Was it somebody called Jack Elphinstone that yeah, did it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was fantastic. Well, I, I mean, it's interesting you mention the, the Banner Library, Val, because when I was... Um, well, I watched the one on the borders this morning and... Um, it did occur to me that some of them I mean some of your slides I've got a, a, a lot of detail on them I and mean, some of them have got a lot of numbers on them but um, but you've got other ones and that, that won't work on a, a banner like that but you've got other slides where you know you just you do a summary of what the main points are and I did look at those summary slides and think oh maybe something like that maybe a little bit simplified would be quite good on one of these banners, um, yeah. and then you know you just need to put a, a a website address on the bottom of the banner to direct people to know where to go and look at them. And yeah. we, Val and I, are in contact with the people who run the library, and they're always on the lookout for new ideas. So it might be worthwhile um, having a wee think about that. And... Well, I'll, I'll take the notes. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if. I, if 
this will never happen, but if I won serious money in the lottery, I would actually put key things just like you're talking about with the URL links for those that wanted look. And I'd actually have, I'd be actually putting posters around on, you know, the billboards. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere. Yes, everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And that's how I do because driving past every day, if you're going to work or the shops, you see them, you know, there's still quite a lot of billboards about. Um, Believe in Scotland are mounting a billboard campaign soon. And we were at, well, I was at their burn You were there as well, Marlene, weren't you? The burn, they had a burn supper last Saturday, like not this Saturday, but the Saturday before. And they raised over £4,500 for their billboard campaign because they are very expensive, aren't they? Yes, they I know. Are. Yeah. 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 It's just a, a thing to do. And I, I think on the inf information thing from, directly from the SNP we talked about earlier, I think they're wary because when they put that big, thick white book out in 2013 or 14, whenever it was, of course, if you give people information, they'll attack it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is the, that's why they're wary at putting stuff out. Okay. We know. saw that with Brexit, didn't we? They, I mean, they put out nothing. Yeah. They, all they had was stupid slogans, but they still managed to pull the wool over people's eyes. But yeah. I know. I mean, there, was oh, there, no... was, there was no Remain campaign. That's the trouble. Well, I I campaigned for Remain. I was out campaigning on the streets then. I remember. <laughs> yeah, I know, but the the UK government didn't have a Remain campaign, and you know the the media because they didn't have a Remain campaign. The media just talked to Farage and these people. Yeah, yeah that's and, true. And and looked at red buses. Yes, exactly. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. And that that's where that's why I try to do in my in my videos. I try to put detail. Yes, because you have to prove where you're getting it from. Yeah. But you you need to have the summaries, you know, like on the pension one. I've got that one that I managed. I found from a DWP report when they were talking about pensions at a burden. Yes, that was that that really cut through that just that phrase. It just cuts through a lot of, yeah. you know, the kind of um, camouflage that that um, Tory government used to talk about pensions. That was that was amazing. Well, it was a I published report by the DWP, so I looked through it, and that graph jumped. That picture yeah. jumped out, you know. So yeah, oh, that, really, yeah. I found I was really struck by that as yeah. well. Yeah. And, I, and I think it's so important and it's also reflected on some of the pensioners for independence eh, literature and leaflets I don't think people in this country genuinely appreciate how appallingly low our pensions are when you compare them to other countries I know yeah I know. and one I mean one of the the banner library banners does it? It does just have a very bold. Um, I mean, it's pretty simple, um, and it. But it's the message is our pension. Look, our pension is only twenty nine percent of the average, you know, wage in in this country, um, and even just that gets people thinking. So. Yeah, maybe it, you know, it just all kind of ties back round to, you know, you want someone who's not a convinced unionist, because we probably never convinced them, but, you know, the 20% or so is in the middle who, you know, if they catch, something catches their eye or they hear something, that yeah. hopefully they'll go, oh, I didn't know that, or where yeah. can I find out more? Yeah, the, the trouble is we have, as you know, it's the, the media in this country. Like I was busy, I had a link to this uh, European website, and every time there's something new, 
Most of it I don't bother with. But that ESCH report, the one I mentioned, that said that, you know, we're, we're breaking the Human Rights Act because we're, well, still, we're still under the Human Rights Act and giving people a pension that on their own, with that pension, they couldn't live. Yeah. 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 And that's, you know, and none of that made the media. Well, no, it doesn't. I mean, and, and, and it's also true that um, people who only have the state pension as an income have also got access to other benefits. But it would be so much better if they, everyone got what they needed and, and they weren't also having to remember to apply for pension credits or council tax reduction or, you know, rate, uh, rent payments, housing benefit. Yeah. yeah. I, try, I tried to cover some of that in a minor way in my talk on my vision of a future. You know, to get you, have, you can't give these things unless you've got money. So that's why I'm personally, although there's downsides, I'm personally in favour of annual ground rent because yeah. it guarantees public yeah. income. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And if yeah, I know it'll upset some people. Like the Queen at the moment pays fifteen thousand a year in rent for a uh, Balmoral. With annual ground rent, she'll have to pay ninety-five thousand. But that's the way it goes. <laughs> My heart bleeds. Oh, I know. It's a, such a shame, isn't it? Poor old yeah. soul. <laughs> No, but I mean, you know, if you do own a lot of land, even if it's not uh, much you can do with it, you will suffer under annual ground rent. But the hope would be that I think that people that are in that situation would actually do something to generate wealth from the land to pay yeah. and then in turn employ people. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, indeed. That's digression. Indeed. But. I'm, I'm just reading. I'm just reading um, Graham McCormick's book about it just now. Actually, yeah. it's and I've heard him talk a couple of times, and it's yeah. very, very persuasive. Uh, it is persuasive. I mean, there's downsides, and you'd have to be clear how you handle people that rent. I tried to say that in my little talk, the one on the future, that you will pay much more rent, a more realistic rent. But you're not paying for VAT on everything, yeah. and you're not. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, I did look into it because I was at a talk by Graham McCormick recently, and one he offered during the talk if anyone emailed them, he would, if you sent them your address and your postcode and described your property, he would send you back an approximate, a, a sort of estimate of how much you would pay. And at first glance, it looked like a bit because I think some of us elderly wifeys who live alone were thinking that uh, and own our own homes were thinking that you know we would be penalised. But in actual fact, when you factor just exactly what you're saying, when you factor in all the other taxes that you wouldn't be paying, you actually would be we'd be fine. Well, just like if you're going on holiday, you won't pay VAT. Yeah, there won't be any VAT. Yeah. Twenty percent of everything. Yeah. Well, apart from food, which is fat free anyway. Yeah. 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 The only issue with AGR is that the European Union they'd have to agree that, especially if we went that route, because in the EU you have to have a VAT. Of course. Yeah. Yes, I know. He that's uh, he does he does talk a bit about that in the book, but so it would have to be a kind of a modified version, not a a pure version if we were caught up in that. Anyway, that's be a nice problem to have for the future because, yes. well, I, I mean, you, I mean, you'll know from what Graham's calculations. I mean, he's his calculations include 
everyone getting a basic income I as know. well as an old age pension if you happen yeah. to be of that age which is yeah. i mean i did the calculate well one of the basic calculations he does sort of semi-detached three-bedroom house in a city two people living in it that's pretty well describes where i am at the moment with a wee garden back in front um you know, I looked at the amount of rent and thought, wow, that's a lot. It was something like four and a half thousand. And but then he as you say, you know, he he, he lists what I wouldn't be paying and there's two of us here. we'd be much we'd be much better off. I mean, sometimes I do read uh, Graham stuff and I go, Oh God, can that really be right? But the arithmetic's all there actually. That's why yeah. I say it's very persuasive. Yeah. So just before I'm just looking at time here, um yeah. Uh, just before we, we, we kind of finish, uh, Andy, so it sounds like uh, your next project might be about currency. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. It's, I mean, I've seen some. I've seen some of the stuff out there, and it, it's good. And I'll I'll reference it with a URL link in case people want to look at it. But I'm trying to make it something concise, highlight what the issues are without going into like boring people with the detail. Yeah. There's, some, there's actually a really interesting thing in this book by Commonweal. How to start a new country. It's not a small book. No. <laughs> but there's some good stuff in there. And uh, there's, you know, one or two people have been, I've forgotten his name, temporarily goes around and does talks. Uh, it's in the SNP and he wants to, about the central bank and everything. Oh, Tim, Tim Rideout. Yeah, Tim, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was going to do a talk for us and then once again we got hit by... Yeah, the lockdown last year he was going to talk to our group but he's got some good videos as well he does and um, I mean there's a very active um, Facebook group that he's set up called Scottish Currency Group um, yeah. and I, but I do think there is a definite place for what you're doing which you know isn't going to be a, book, a big book and it isn't going to be a great long complicated you know presentation either but just taking the essence out of these questions and getting people to start thinking a bit yeah. well uh, in a sense a lot of what you've been doing I think is like debunking some of the myths around these well, that's um, the these whole subjects. purpose of these videos yeah I mean I know the for some people the economy one's a bit complex at the beginning with the public sector chairs but there's only way you can answer it that particular topic um, and you're trying to talk about the country and how we're doing all in half an hour yeah you know it's hard yeah. so i couldn't make it any shorter because then maybe, you'd lose some of the stuff maybe your also your idea of including links and urls if people want to delve into it deeper you know you're including links that yeah. are people that want more yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking forward to getting into the streets again absolutely yeah <laughs> i know i know yeah. Yeah. Uh, and going on some AUB marches, I enjoy those. <laughs> Even more like a social outing. Yeah, Even yeah. And rain, and like the last one, remember in Glasgow and back in January last year when it was absolutely pelting down. Pelting but down the yeah. mood was so joyous and yeah. and happy. It was incredible. Yeah. 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 yeah it'll be good. To, it'll be good. Oh, it'll just be. Would just be good to be able to go for a. In, in my case, I run in the car outside of Glasgow. I've actually got a sports car, and uh, <laughs> we bought it just a little bit before lockdown, and it's been so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. listen, 
listen, Andy, it's been really good. It's been really good talking to you, and um, yeah. we'll we'll uh, we, the recording will go out on on, on Friday, uh, and and as well as that, we'll put something up on the webs our Indie Live Radio website about it, and that that means I can include links to your videos as well. But thanks, okay. thanks so much for coming. Oh. Okay, you'll get, you'll get the currency one in March. Yes, yeah, just send it to me. Fantastic. They all go up on Pensioners for Indie website as well. So, um, yeah. Good. Okay, thanks very much then. Oh, thank you. Nice to, thank you. Nice to see you. This is a lockdown haircut. <laughs> yeah, same here. I was the one that was due to get my haircut two days after lockdown, so it was long at the time. <laughs> it's pretty good, actually. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll send you some money as well onto the donations. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that's really good. That's kind. great. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cheers then. Okay. So, welcome to IndieLive.radio. And I'm delighted to have two guests with me um, from the new membership or national membership organization now scotland um, and i'm here with charlotte ahmed hi charlotte hello everyone and suzanne blackley hello everybody great to see both of you here now um, um I, i'm not going to rattle on and tell people about the organization because um although i do know a bit about it and i've joined myself this week i think i was number 700 and something um although I joined not too long after the launch. I'd just like you, to, you two to go ahead and tell us all about the organisation, about its aims, about the launch and how things are going. Will I come to you first, Charlotte, perhaps? Um, just hope everyone out there is well and keeping warm. And if you've had the COVID jab, I hope you're feeling good about that. Um, yes, we there was an assembly um, way back in uh, I think it was late November, December and that assembly basically thousands of people signed up for it and hundreds participated in it, a wide discussion about independence and about different issues relating to independence and it was decided at that meeting that we constitute a new organisation which is a grassroots organisation, membership organisation and run by members not a political party, one, an organisation that anybody could join who was in favour of independence for Scotland with an emphasis on urgency. You know, that's why we eventually called it Now Scotland. At that assembly, 15, a 15-person 15 national committee was elected. Suzanne and I are members of that committee. We've been meeting twice a week ever since, and uh, we finally... Finally, after lots of meetings and discussion and lots of discussions about politics and tech, it got launched last week on the website. And we have some social media going out there. For those of you who are, you know, just communicate via social media. That's not me, by the way. Maybe Suzanne could talk a bit more about that. Uh -huh. uh, so we were very excited with the launch. <laughs> we were very excited at the launch. Um, up to date numbers is 1800 something around that and we're hoping to keep going we're, we're being very very positive about it we understand that the 
you know, there's a lot of issues within the movement, within political parties. I mean, we can talk about that. We do not want to import those divisions into now Scotland. We want it to be inclusive of all sides in some of these debates. We want it to be non-party, non-partisan, but we are desperately wanting, I know we're all frustrated because of lockdown, but we really do want to get out there. And when we can get out there after lockdown, we will be ready to build the biggest and best campaign we've yet seen for independence because now is the time. So that's why we wanted to have a bit of urgency in it. And I think broadly speaking, the independence movement has welcomed it. Some people are a bit tentative about it, asking questions about it, that's fine. There may be some glitches with the website, but we're, we're really pleased with how it's gone so far. Well, so certainly maybe, you only launched last Friday. This is only Wednesday, and you've got eighteen hundred members already. So, and that's yeah. people who've signed up to 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 pay a subscription. That's so, right. Yeah, yeah. So let's move yourself, Suzanne. What what brought you into? Um, why did you decide to stand for the committee? Um, is that something that you 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 share that sense of urgency that Charlotte um, is referring to in terms of the fighting for independence? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think I mean Charlotte would probably say that on on the committee, I'm probably one of the more outspoken and kind of I would probably say um, vivacious about independence. <laughs> I, I've got plenty to say on on the subject. I I. I'm a mum of, of three. I just ultimately want a better Scotland for my children to grow up in. I don't want them to miss out on things. The fact that we've left the EU now, that means my children are going to have a different childhood than I, I had. So, mm. you know, and I, I mean, I feel I had quite a good childhood, but it could be better. It would probably would have been better if we hadn't even been in this union. But um, the fact that we're now out of the EU as well has got have a major effect on my children. I mean, they, they can't, for, for instance, when they get to the stage of going to university, they can't just decide they want to go and study in the EU, somewhere in the EU, um, freely. So, I mean, there's massive, there's massive challenges ahead. And I, I do think that, you know, Scotland would be much better out of the union. Whether we join the EU again is that's a discussion to have after independence, obviously. But um, I do think that you know the union isn't doing us any favours anymore, and that's that's partly why I decided to 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 put myself forward. I actually helped all under one banner to organise the original assemblies. Yeah, I remember seeing you at that conference. <laughs> <laughs> yes, one scene never forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I um and. You know, at that point, I hadn't really, I hadn't really thought about standing for the committee. But I think after speaking to people at the both assemblies, then I thought, why not? Why not? And mm -hmm. thankfully, a lot of people voted for me. So um, thanks very much to the people who did. And we've been working very, very hard. Um, the, the fifteen of us, we've we've worked incredibly hard. I don't think people probably. Who are, who are now joining or thinking about joining have realised how much work has gone into this by us all. And, um, you know, I don't want, it's not about self-praise or anything like that, but they have. Everybody has has done their bit mm. and worked hard. It's been a, a group effort here. And thankfully we got launched. It felt like it was for e forever coming, but <laughs> finally we got launched last <laughs> week. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm so pleased how it's gone so far. And ultimately, this this organisation is about the members. It's mm -hmm. you know, it's not 
anything. We are, we are all quite outspoken people and we all have our own ideas about how we see an independent Scotland, about things, about our, our own opinion about how things are going just now, about things that are going on within the SNP and, you know, different sorts of things. But it's not about us. None of it is about what we want, it's about what the members want and they'll get their first opportunity at that on the 6th of March at our first assembly. And we'll yeah. that'll be another online event, obviously. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, the last one was very enjoyable and I suppose as each time that you have one of these events, you'll get more adept at, at operating them and facilitating them. So, But I think that right. idea of the democratic structure of the membership involvement and the grassroots power is is very important and that seems to be a key platform of this organization um but you mentioned there like um the idea of bringing different types of people together eh? and certainly at the moment as a member of the snp i'm in a, a, cons a state of concert nation each day by you know events <laughs> uh, and online yeah. you know there's a tremendous amount of um, discord and bad blood and I'm hoping that that will become resolved at some point but it's not it's not motivating or it's very demoralizing for for the membership I think to see mm -hmm. um, people you know openly infighting and I'm just wondering you know the idea of you, your idea, I heard Andrew Wilson speak the other day about unity and I just, I, I, I wonder if you'd like to say some a bit more about that because it must be quite difficult in a, a group of 15 people who are quite different to, to make sure yeah. that you have that unity, that broad church. Charlotte, would you like to maybe touch on that? Or, or yeah, I, I, mean, I think you're right Val, I think, I think we all knew that this, that, you know, we'd have to work hard to make it work. There is a broad, as you say, there's a broad range of opinion on politics represented on that committee. As you will know, I'm on the very much on the left. I'm a socialist, <laughs> um, and I also know that not everybody who is very vocal in the independence movement believes what I believe, and that is that you have to bring other issues into the fight for independence. Um, sometimes I think, and this is a personal opinion, that you, you're talking to yourself all the time and other people who are who are in the independence movement so you're not building beyond the existing movement and we know you know 2014 it was a huge movement this is where the yes groups came from as you know very well you tried to build outside of the SNP there was other groups involved it was very broad but um, we didn't we didn't win and one of the reasons we didn't win I think is that we should have really broadened it out even more and maybe made it more democratic then. Um, we are always going to have the issue that the SNP is far and away the biggest and most influential force in this movement. That's always going to be the case. Um, but we are determined to be very positive and stay away from the divisiveness of the past, both divisiveness within the SNP and, and arguments within the independence movement, which didn't help, it just divided people against each other. We're very much starting from this position of unity, that we want independence, we want it urgently. And I think that people understand that this is a very different situation we're in now compared to 2014. We've got the COVID pandemic, 
the effects that has had on, on the whole of society throughout the world. You've had these upheavals like what's ha happened in America uh, with Trump, and Trump's gone, but very much the legacy of division, um, you know, the racism, the, 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 the negative, horrible nationalism of the people flying the Union Jack. I mean, every time you see a Tory, for example, they've got Union Jack behind them. This sort of divisiveness has come into um, politics now, and, and this is the platform for unity for independence. And so although I argue that you, we bring in young people much more than was there before, um, issues that motivate people to have taken to action before lockdown, like climate change, like Black Lives Matter, like um, all sorts of other things to do with, um, you know, care, the health service, what the Tories were doing to our public services. These things motivate people. And I think more the reason that it's going up in the polls, the support for independence is people want a better Scotland on, the, on those issues. We can't continue. We don't want to continue like it was before. Lockdown has, if you like, we pause for breath and think, oh my goodness, we can't continue like this. We need real change. But to get that, we know it's it's not easy getting independence for Scotland because obviously we can vote for a party that wants it time after time and we vote against the, the, the party that ends up in Westminster and yet we're still here. It's like Groundhog Day. So we certainly feel that the unity is needed because now is the time to deliver this. Need that so moment. that's what we're trying to foster through, not just through the committee, but through the people that we're asking to join. And what about yourself, Suzanne? Is that, do you have anything to add to what Charlotte said there? No, I mean, Charlotte's absolutely right. That now that's that's the, the main message that for me as a committee member on Now Scotland, my message is that now is definitely the time. And we, we do we're not going to get our independence unless we do come all together. And that, that means that putting independence as first and foremost as the most important issue. I know that you know there's a lot of arguments on Twitter and other social media sites about um this whole wished for win indie message that's going around just now. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that you, you shouldn't have opinions about different things that are going on. I mean, there's the whole thing with, with Salmond and Sturgeon and, you know, the, the GRE and all the rest of it. There's 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 a lot of issues that are... And I have strong opinions on these issues, but... Mm -hmm. And you can still have your opinions on these things. And I, I mean, I do quite regularly have opinions on these things, but ultimately don't lose sight of what is most important, and that is us having an independent country because we're just I mean we can't we can't go another five years I honestly do not think that yeah. Scotland has another five years under the Tories I, I really I think they will bleed us dry yeah. mm -hmm. and this I mean I, I, for me I would like I would like a push on the SNP because they are our vehicle to independence but I don't I don't like the way that they're going at this whole basis on the section 30 personally I don't I don't think that is the way to go. This this putting so much emphasis on a section thirty, um, I don't think is the way to go because the the top and bottom of it is Westminster can't afford to lose us. And they can say that we are too poor to be by ourselves, but ultimately they can't afford not to have us. That's that's the truth of it. But they, they, you know, they're never going to come out and say that. But they have been saying regularly on every time I turn on the news in the morning 
It's the first thing I do when I get up. It's turning the news and there's always another Tory MP saying Scotland aren't going to get a section 30 this year. So Scotland aren't going to get a section 30 next year. I mean, that, mm. there needs to be another plan. And, I, I, and you know, an organisation like Now Scotland, even though we want to bring everybody together, we're not another leg of the SNP. That's something that I would like everybody to be aware of as well. We aren't, we aren't like you know, an extended table from the SNP. I'm an SNP member, but I am very, very frustrated by the way they're going about things. <laughs> when you do have like yeah. an SNP MP and people who stood for a national office bearers on your committee, but you have a wide selection, and I'm sure you've got plenty of people on your committee who are not members of the SNP, so you've got that that cohesion really haven't you of different viewpoints yeah yeah absolutely another thing yeah. i would mention as well and i totally share your i mean i'm your fears about not having another five years because as you say we've already seen by things like the internal market bill where the it's clear that Westminster and the Tory government are coming after our parliament and our freedom mm -hmm. to have things like, you know, the mit to mitigate their policies, you know, things like the bedroom tax and to have free yeah. prescriptions. They don't want us showing them up, basically, by having a, a better society here in Scotland. Um, and the health service is one of the things that scares me the most, you know, the idea that that will be... Um, food standards, all these things that can be laid open to big American corporations and that's really you know, it's it's disaster capitalism really, isn't it? And the the, the wake of the pandemic is ideal conditions. We've already seen sorry, I shouldn't be talking so much. I'm I want to hear from you, not me. <laughs> you've got me you've got me on my soapbox now. <laughs> so um, tell me, um, Suzanne, I'll ask you as well. One of the great things I noticed uh, about your committee of fifteen people that despite not having any um mechanisms in place that you ended up with um either seven or eight, I think, in women, like over, either half or just eight. over half the committee. TR women so I, that that's really good isn't it I thought that was very reassuring it was it was it was really it was really nice and I think I mean I think we were all quite surprised about it um, mm. I mean really we shouldn't have been because there's, I mean just anywhere that you look there's a lot of strong female voices around yeah. and so it shouldn't really have been a surprise at all but it, I think it genuinely did shock us all that it, it worked <laughs> out that way and you, do you know what I think Maybe this is maybe this has been a bit cheeky, but I think we've got things done so well because there is so many women. <laughs> <laughs> women can multitask. Men don't have that ability. You might. That's right. I couldn't. That's right. I accept that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they well they well they do say that if you look around. Uh, some of the um the countries that have coped best with the pandemic a lot of them are led by women heads of state plus we all saw the thing with the parish council last week okay, where that made <laughs> all this talking men <laughs> anyway yeah, so so you reckon that, women that was a bit of light relief in a dark <laughs> week last week wasn't it yeah absolutely the one as well um, the Zoom meeting online in Texas where the, the lawyer had a filter of a wee kitten speech. Unfortunately, yes, our, our meetings are conducted impeccably <laughs> and everyone's got control of the tech. <laughs> no but if I, 
I mean, the thing about the this um, new organisation is also that we're using this programme called Nation Builder. Now, I'm not that tech-minded. I mean, I used a lot of tech because, as you will know, Val, as a teacher, you have to use tech. You've got to use technology to yeah. teach now. And uh, I was still a teacher in lockdown. We were using a lot of online stuff, but this is something different completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's an organising platform. So it means that once people join, you can then have interaction with the platform. You can upload videos. You can upload your video. We're asking people to upload a vision for an independent Scotland, maybe something that they particularly want to see. And that means that everybody who joins will be able to see that. You can upload photos and videos. But also, eventually, there's facilities that we'll develop which can uh, organise people who join according to um, geographical area or whatever their particular interest is, if they would like to get a group together who want to talk about land reform or who want to talk about uh, climate action or anything like that. This is the power of this tool. It's why it's called Nation Builder. It enables people to get involved. Yes. So we're quite hopeful that this will become... Um, something that the members themselves will be able to organise. But um, I am old, called me old-fashioned. I I mean, it sounds really exciting, but I am desperate to get back out into the street and campaign and talk to people and march and lobby and all those things that that we know were successful and with the marches as well. I, I, I really do want to do that. And I know that there'll be thousands of people that want to do that too. But th- this particular map nation builder will be excellent. And it also means that people who can't get out to march for various reasons can be part of the activity too and, bu- and build the movement in that way. So it's got lots of potential that's not been realised yet, but we do need people to join it to get involved in that. Yeah, so t- um, how... C- just remind me anyone that's listening how they can join Charlotte uh, well you go onto the website nowscotland.scot and there will be a joining page there there's some information about the organisation a mission statement and just about us and then once you could join then you have access to other stuff now I, I'm just learning about it myself as well um, you will eventually get a membership pack which will be all sorts of little goodies like badges and stickers and things like that. We're not quite finalised what's going in that, but I, I hope people appreciate in lockdown, these things do take a little bit longer to organise. Oh, yeah. And of course, as Suzanne's already mentioned, we really want participation in the, in the, the next assembly on and March the One 7th. of the great things is that you can select the level at which you want to contribute, so you can actually join at quite a low figure I think £2 a month yeah very small amount or you can choose to donate a bit more if you can afford yeah. it so I think that's I mean I suppose a lot of part, political parties I know the the SNP do that as well you can choose to which you contribute so um, and a, also you've got a Twitter account and Facebook as well I'll, I think I'll it's hand over to Suzanne about that. <laughs> <laughs> we have we have a Twitter account, we have a Facebook account, and an Instagram account, and they're all the same handle. So it's at now Scotland now. Yeah, I'm following you on 
Twitter already because I think there was, in fact, I actually reported another account that was masquerading as you. That's right. There's been a few. I I blocked them and reported them to Twitter. So I hopefully, I hope Twitter, because I mean, they were using the same header and everything. And I thought that was pretty. There was a few who did that. Yeah, there were a few. We had to report a few on that, just in that literally about the first hour after we launched, I think it was, wasn't it, Charlotte? We had to report. It just shows you how quick they are. I know. (laughs) There's a lot of negativity out there. So, um, yeah, I got an email today asking, you know, reminding me about the Twitter account, although I'm already a follower, and saying that they were looking for people to let help with the Twitter and stuff like that. So, yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's basically what I mean. There's there was a lot when you when you join, there's questions about you know, if you want to do letter writing, if you want to volunteer for different things. Because this ultimately we want the members to be hands-on with it. It's not about us who or whoever is in the committee in the future, it's not about them dictating or doing everything. We want the members to be fully involved in this because it's for them, it's not for anybody else but them. Yeah, like yeah. a membership organisation, and that's the focus. That sounds very, very encouraging. Um, so, um, so you've got the social media set up. The website looks great. Um, you mentioned Charlotte about you know looking forward to being able to go out and campaign on the streets and do marches again. Um, realistically, how 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 long do you think that? I know I know I'm sounding like a journalist at the first minute <laughs> briefing. How long do you think it'll be before? Seriously, do you think maybe at the end of the, by the end of the summer we might be looking at being able to have real life events? I th- um, oh dear! <laughs> somebody's going to somebody's going to object. Whatever In my personal considered opinion, um, I, I think if the vaccine rollout goes well and it has been so far, um, and we get everybody over fifty or over plus the vulnerable plus care home and frontline workers vaccinated, I think at that point there can be a consideration of whether. I don't know. I mean, they're talking about, for example, you know, all festivals in the summer that were going to go ahead being cancelled. Big gatherings very close together, maybe not. Yeah. But I hope, I hope we could have local things. Yeah. Maybe even if there was some social distancing. Yeah, social distancing. Um, yeah. I mean, it, and then we, if if that is done all across Scotland, that's the powerful statement in itself. But we're starting off with small, I mean, we're coming up, we'd like ideas from people, obviously, but we'd like people to take a selfie with a Now Scotland logo uh, and so we can just collate all those uploaded uh, photos on the website too. Uh, That that was very successful for a campaign in 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 the summer I did with Black Lives Matter. They were just so touching. I was almost crying with some of the selfies that were sent in. People who were in lockdown in their homes and their closes in the back gardens anything like that that because it gives you the impression of people being united even though they can't be together um that but when as to when we can have a march like that superb march last october in edinburgh or, or no 
not not last October, the October before. The, the, the wind, the wind I don't know. Where it was lashing rain and people still came in. Well, the that season. January still came out, 80,000 people. I mean, I wonder if that was a COVID super spreader event. I don't know. But that, that I mean, that just shows that people want this. People really do want this to happen. But, um, you know, what, what people were saying, you, I mean, I'm not an SNP member, but I, I, it does make me, oh, what is it now? Every day there's something else. And I just sometimes think that the, the 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 reason that I'm saying let's get outside of the independence fishbowl, let's get some new people and some new ideas in, is because I don't think this sort of inward looking debate is is getting us any progress at all. No. And that's that's basically why now Scotland exists. Yeah. Because as you know, Val, there's lots of other groups that, that were in existence fighting for independence. You know, pensioners for independence, women for independence, there's other there's political parties other than the SNP. But it, it, we sort of reached this impasse now. And I think people were shocked when the Tories were elected in the last general election with such a big majority. And I think people must have started thinking then, my goodness, come on, and we've I mean, got to do something else. So that's that's what we're about. Yeah. And as, as, as Suzanne said, the committee's 15 people. We, we want to reach hundreds of thousands of people somehow. I'm not saying we're going to get an organisation of membership that size. Great if we did. But... We want to reach all those people Generally. with fresh ideas and a new energy. That's yeah. the new energy we need. Now, you and I are of a certain age, Val, but we've still got a lot of energy, haven't we? I <laughs> try my best. I'm beginning to wonder. I'm beginning. I've had, I've had my jag. That, that gave me a boost. I had my first jag this week. Then before yeah. you ask, no, I'm not over 70, right? <laughs> I had my first uh, inoculation, immunisation on Wednesday, and it really did boost my morale, I must say. And yeah. I know loads and loads of people that have had it as well. And um, I think it, it does give you a little, little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll just have to wait and see in terms of the vaccine and how the rollout affect. I see that today they hit the one million one million mark. A million people mm. have now been immunised. So that was absolutely brilliant. But see what you were talking about the Tories there. You know about being surprised about the Tories being elected with such a huge majority of about 80 seats. What really worries me, and it touches on what you were saying, Suzanne, about, you know, look, you know, we don't have another five years to waste, is is this government in plain sight are absolutely horrendous. I mean, when you look at the deaths, when you look at the the, the, the naked corruption of handing out, you know, all these contracts yeah. to their donors and their cronies and their own families in some case. You look at that and yet the, the poll figures down in England show that the Tories are actually going up in the polls, even though their record in government is nothing short of... Yep. I can't even think of a word without Sweden. Yeah. It's just <laughs> the most horrendous, shocking 
government, the, the worst Tory government I've ever seen in my life, and I'm no mm. spring chicken, and yet people are still prepared to vote for them. I, I don't, it just beggars belief, really. So, so, Suzanne, how do you see the future, the next few months panning out in terms of um, the now Scotland? You've got the You've got this um, the next assembly coming up. Did you say on the sixth of March? That's right, yes. So that should be an, another good event to look forward to. Mm -hmm, absolutely, um, it'll be really good to to meet all these members that have been joining. I'm I'm really looking forward to being in a room. I think because being an, an SNP member, I feel quite frustrated that the lack of voice that we have. Like the last two, the conference in the assembly, it was like. We didn't really get a chance to speak. The chat function was switched off a lot of the time, and it was just like, "Oh my God, you know, we're, we're not nobody's listening to us." That that this will be completely different. This assembly for for now, Scotland will be absolutely different. Everybody will have the opportunity to speak if they want to. That that's what this is all about, and that's the way. That's where the SNP have got lost along the way. They've they've kind of forgot about their members, and they're they're not listening to what they're saying. We, we will continue to listen to what our members say on a daily basis. You know, if, they've, mm -hmm. if there's something they want to bring up, then they can bring up. And we actually will be asking the members for ideas of what they want to discuss at this assembly. It's not going to be an agenda decided by us. It's going to be an agenda decided by the members. Mm -hmm. So I think yep. that's a really important point to make. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm a bit, I'm a wee bit more like, optimistic maybe than Charlotte I would I would quite like to, even you know because we've got this is probably going to be the most important election I think yeah I, I mean I can't even remember a more important one this is just and this is just going to be we, ha we have to we have to get I, I mean we have to get an SNP majority yeah to, to do anything I yeah. think um I would like to see at least some sort of static rally of some description before the election on behalf of now Scotland. I mean, I don't know how feasible it is. It depends on when we come out of lockdown and, you know, what yeah. restrictions are like, but I would like to see something, some sort of, you know, just not even a march, just static, you know, two metres apart standing. I would like to see something. I think there needs to be something. I think that's part of the reason that so many people are falling out on social media. I mean, you see people fighting like cats and dogs, and I think that's a lot of the reason why is because they feel frustrated that you know they know this election's coming, how important it is, and they can do nothing. They've got to sit in their houses. They can't get out and let their make their voices heard. I think that's a, the biggest part of the frustration for them, and I think that is why people are falling out the way they are. I don't ordinarily. I, I don't think in a march, people have these discussions about you know about gender and all the rest. I don't think when you're marching along next to someone, you're having that discussion with them. I think you're just all focused on independence and I think that's got lost because we've not been able to do it for so long. That's true. Mm -hmm. yeah. so, um, is there anything else you'd like to say then? If I'll come back to you Charlotte, we're coming maybe, I'm conscious that you've been very generous with your time and I know you're both very busy um, with meetings and different activities connected with the organisation. <laughs> 
So uh, I don't want to do much of your time. I just wondered if there's anything else you'd like to say, just sort of to finish off. I'll come back to Suzanne as well. I've really oh. enjoyed listening to you. It's really, it, it's really boosted my morale, made me feel a lot more optimistic. I feel as if your energy and ideas and positivity are quite infectious because it, it is a bit of a negative time, let's face it. So Charlotte, have you got anything you'd like to just say well, yeah, just just to say that I mean we're 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 all trying to work towards independence. Whatever organisation you're in, you can be in none. You can be in a party. I want to emphasise that now Scotland is not a political party. We will not be standing candidates. We will not be endorsing any candidates. Clearly, individuals within the committee and members obviously will be. You know, when it comes to the election campaign, no doubt they'll take some time out from now Scotland and campaign for whatever political party if they are in one that's standing. That's fine. But we as a group, as an organisation, are not... Uh, there's been a lot of questions about that and who's in it and is this group in it and all that. It's about unity and it's about trying to uh, keep those divisive issues at the door. I mean, obviously there's things that... Uh, I will not, you know, put up with. I've got strong opinions, as you know, as a socialist. But I do believe that if we want to win people to independence, we need to get the biggest possible turnout for voters in the election, voting for parties that support independence. We want to then put bear the biggest possible right now, let's go for it how that manifests itself if we're still in lockdown well let's discuss that but we absolutely are not just going to sit at home and debate endlessly and I get frustrated in lockdown we are about action and we are about campaigning and as people have said we want it now we I mean it's not soon enough for us just if it comes this this year yeah. I personally think we'll be in real trouble if we don't deliver a, a positive outcome on that road to independence this year. I think there's too much happening in the world, there's too many changes going on that we that can sweep us aside. I think the climate crisis is, is you know, ten we've got 10 years to fix things, otherwise there's a tipping point, the scientists tell us. That is not a long time no. in the political cycle, it's only two political cycles. We need to start action now. Yeah, we, you know, as, as Suzanne said about her children, I, the young people in particular take to the streets all over the world. Absolutely, they're not happy with the way things are, corruption, um, environmental destruction, and uh, just divisive politics, populist politics. They say no to them, and you've got to admit that in some parts of the world, you have to get into the street and fight for your freedom, because if you don't, you're going to get jailed on mass. We've got the chance to do this by involving the mass of people in the process. And I, I think if we get enough people convinced and we do take to the streets and we do challenge the obstacles that that state's going to put in front of us, we can win it. I mean, there's things happening in Wales, there's things happening in Ireland as well uh, as a consequence of the fallout from Brexit. But all just opinions changing about how we can run we things better. The, we can feel the wind of change blowing really I hard. think we're part of that. But we could give a lead to it, Val. So, I, you know, join now, now Scotland, contribute to that debate, 
and let's make a difference now. No more waiting for the next election cycle. Let's do it now. Well said, Charlotte. And can I come to you, Suzanne, for a few final words? Yeah, I think for me, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm head of outreach within now Scotland. So I think my message would probably be: it doesn't matter what other group you may be a member of. We we welcome anyone who supports independence. So we want to have a relationship and a good friendship with every other independence supporting part uh, group within Scotland. So I I personally would be reaching out to every single yes group within Scotland within the next few weeks to offer the hand of friendship and you know it's not we're not here to replace anyone we want to work with everybody that's that's ultimately the message of now Scotland we are here to work with everyone it's not about us wanting to be here to take over we don't think that we are you know the only the only group independence group within Scotland we want to work with everybody and that's you know Charlotte and I are both going to work hard to build up these relationships with all these groups across Scotland. Fantastic. And uh, Charlotte did actually speak to our own YES group, YES, yes. Group Northwest, uh, back uh, earlier last month in January, along with uh, Chris Hanlon, the Policy Development Convener nationally of the SNP, and that was an excellent meeting, and the feedback we had, Charlotte, after mm-hmm. of, of your speaking, Chris too, but very much yourself as well, um, incredibly positive feedback and emails about about what you said and how you spoke. So now that the, the organisation has been launched, maybe we could get you, Suzanne, to come to Yes Glasgow Northwest and talk a bit. Absolutely. I'm quite happy to talk to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be keeping a close eye on the Twitter and the Facebook as well as I'm sure everybody else who's listening will, uh, will do too and so I'd just like to thank both of you very much indeed uh, IndieLive.radio listeners you've been listening to Charlotte Ahmed Hello and take care everyone and to Suzanne Blackley Thank you very much for having me both from now Scotland and uh, we'll just leave it there I'd like to thank you both very much and wish you all the very very best with this undertaking and we look forward to seeing what happens in the months to come and uh, watching what now Scotland are going to be doing so thanks very much and cheerio thanks bye, bye. Radio.